on the rescue cast today all the way from the united kingdom mr clive bush how's it going <laughs> yeah mark uh, good morning good afternoon whatever time of day it is over there it's evening here, it's 11 so, 15 yeah. for me what are you looking at <laughs> uh so uh i got 7 15 in the evening so different ends of the spectrum there yeah so how are things going for you yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Um, yeah, busy, busy as they say, um, with job number one and job number two, and a little bit in between with different things, search and rescue. So I, I like to stay busy. I'm a busy person, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. And so why don't we get uh, you to do a bit of an introduction to the listeners, uh, who you are and what your background is? Sure, Mark. Thanks. Um, so. I'm Clive Bush. I'm from the United Kingdom. Um, I've been in the emergency services for 23 years now, um, law enforcement in particular. Uh, 16 of those is to deal with ropes, rope access, rope rescue, working at height, instructor, etc. Um, military background many years ago prior to the law enforcement side. Um, IRATA, um, a UKRO assessor, which is United Kingdom Rescue Organization assessors. So um, not not an alien concept, but uh, open and transparent. So somebody from the law enforcement side uh, watches the fire service on how they do their rescue and just assesses them sometimes. Um, so that as well. Uh, part of the team for my sins for technical rescue for an iconic um, location in London. Uh, There's 130 metres. Uh, and is shaped very much like a wheel. Uh, can be referred to as the London Eye, if you want to call it that. Um, and then last of all, I sit on the technical rescue for search and rescue and in our area, so mountain rescue teams. So that's me. Um, I haven't got time, really, to do much else. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that's quite the bit. Um, and it's funny, I just saw your stuff on Facebook. Just we're recording this just after Remembrance Day, a couple of days after Remembrance Day or Armistice Day over there, probably for you folks. Yes. Yeah. On the yeah, Sunday. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely took a look and I was like, Hey, yeah, there's uh it's funny how it, it, this field seems to attract former soldiers. I mean, my, myself, my two business partners, former soldiers or Marine from my, one of my business partners. And you chat with a lot of the folks overseas and a lot of former soldiers in this, uh, this get, get up. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, so yeah, many years ago when I was in the military, I was, yeah, 25 at the time and there was ropes and abseil and everything and all you wanted to do was get on the ropes and then get off for the evening entertainments and now now back on the ropes full time, as they say, so everything goes full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just start, I guess, at the end, the last thing you said there, and when we had originally chatted, I wasn't aware of it. So, so search and rescue, you do work with your local search and rescue team. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so Mountain Rescue England and Wells, so MREW, um, has obviously different um, units in and around the UK. Scotland is different, so they have their own search and rescue capability there, but Within England and Wales, we cover um, geographical location of Avon and Somerset. So uh, if you were to hit Google for any reason and looked at Cheddar, Cheddar is a very nice place, but the geographical location there is 
is cliffs. So you're talking 200 meter cliffs from the side down to the road. And of course, people can wander up these paths. The tourists can go there. Um, animals can go there as well. So it's not it's not a, a fenced off area. It's not a, a no go zone. It's a it's a tourist location, which attracts quite a bit of attention sometimes of, of people um, in crisis or people through accidents as well. So search and rescue has a search land capability, but also because of Cheddar and other areas, Avon Gorge, we have a technical rescue team as well. Right on. And uh, what's a like twin rope system, single rope using TTRS? What are you using for the SAR over there? I just... Yeah, so it's, it's very similar to yourself there. Twin lines, um, one one safety, uh, live working line, etc. Snatch rescues or pick off rescues. Um, tension lines if we require them. So normally if we have a tension line somewhere like that, we have to close off the road as well. So the road gets closed off by the emergency services, tension line gets placed in, and then it's a, it's a pick off from the cliff area onto the tension line to bring them down. That's usually the best, the best method just to recover them down. So again, something that's, that's not alien, but it's getting better and better with the emergency services is the search and rescue team work very closely with our fire service. So the fire service are our rescue capability, but they work hand in glove with the search and rescue teams because the SAR, same as yourself over there, the SAR people have got local knowledge, whereas fire service may never been to that location before, don't know um, how to get down to the cliff edge, etc. what anchors to use. So, we, we do lots of training with our fire services down in that area for familiarization that when those incidents happen, then, yeah, people know other people that they're working with. And the main goal is just to obviously locate the casualty and retrieve the casualty down to the other emergency services for medical care. Right on. And uh, are you fairly busy with that team in that area? Like what's your kind of call out per year sort of thing? So um, we we are. So if the fire service get a call, so um, let's say, for example, uh, touch wood, it, it's not happening right now. But if somebody was in trouble on that cliff edge, if they were to ring 999, which is our emergency services, it goes through to the fire service. And then the fire service would notify SAR that obviously there's a job happening. Um, fire service may get there before because they can obviously respond on blue lights. But again, they they may be a certain distance away that you may have SAR members there, first of all. So, yeah, we, we work closely with them. Um, usually our climbers, sometimes it's, it's a climbing area as well with cliffs that brings in climbers. Sometimes they don't appreciate the weather, the time of day. They get what we call crag fast, or they get stuck on the ledge. They don't have the proper equipment. They can't go up. They can't go down. Um, and we get called out just to facilitate bringing them down, really. No, fair enough. I mean, we hear a little bit about that around here where you get people that get tired of walking and want a helicopter ride out. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we're we not as posh as you. We, don't, we have the helicopters. The Coast Guard come in. But if they know they've got a land capability, i.e., 
Land Rover or a Range Rover and they've got a tech rescue team on site, um, they, they usually leave it to us. Very seldomly do we get rides in helicopters. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. But for us, it's probably a lot to do with the distance of travel and what have you. Totally, so. yeah. So you're not, you're not too far from any key main road areas where you can get land ambulance or you can get an all-terrain vehicle across. So, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not as far um, distance-wise as yourselves over there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and now you'd mentioned uh, some rope access stuff. You're talking a little bit about police with the rope access and the British system and, you know, taking a look at, you know, fire service type of things as an evaluator. Can you kind of describe what's the, what is the British rope access system? So, so the British rope access system or the BS um, system, so uh, similar to IRATA is a twin line system. So we always have a safety and a main. Um, again, two points of contact if we're going to do a descent rescue or a changeover. So very, very similar to your IRATA and your SPRAT, um, the BS standard, so British standard, is twin line, ascend, descend, changeovers, rope to rope, rescue from ascent, rescue in descent, same line rescues, separate line rescues. So, so all fairly similar. Um, your anchors with your rigging, your Y-hang, um, your spider's web is a configuration that you can use as well. So all, all fairly standard stuff, really. Okay. And so is, is IRATA or SPRAT recognized in the UK or is it you have to do the British system or are they kind of considered equivalent or... No, so IRATA and SPRAT are recognised within the UK. So IRATA is the main one. Um, but again, if somebody wanted to get into rope access, um, they could go down the, the British standard model. Um, the main reason why a lot of the emergency services go down the, the British standard model is um, IRATA, you have to do a certain amount of hours and then to go up through your level one, two, three, your hours, you need contact hours, etc., um, and then you obviously requalify every three years. With the with the British standard, you don't. There's no set hours. Um, you just do a course, and then every three years you requalify in that course. You can do a British standard operators course, which is a, a level one equivalent, I suppose, um, maybe a level two, and then you've got your your British standard supervisor or rope access, which again would be a supervisor at the task, which would be towards your level three of your IRATA and your SPRAT model. But just uh, badged under a different system, but still covers the main main techniques that you do in IRATA and SPRAT as well. So nothing nothing completely weird and wonderful or, or anything else like that. Twin line system, a lot of the... the Companies or training providers, if they deliver that, the, the same equipment, Petzl, Skyler Tech, CMC is, is yeah, the, the fairly, fairly standard, similar stuff. Right on. And so you got into that through law enforcement. After the military, you mentioned that you went into law enforcement. And so you're utilizing the rope access system in law enforcement or are you using 
that as a basis for further training or how is that being employed a little bit in law enforcement? Yeah, so within the law enforcement side, we, we do stick to the, the British standard model. So again, all the techniques that I've mentioned um, and then on our training days, we just explore that with further tension lines or skate blocks or different systems. And the main reason that the law enforcement has a, a rope access capability is to place law enforcement at the correct location to deal with whatever the task is there. Um, something that we, we do get across and we get across to our supervisors and our other emergency services is we are a rope access capability, not a rope rescue capability. So rope rescue within the UK is always fire service. So fire service are our rope rescue capability. However, if the incident required law enforcement, then law enforcement have got the ability to obviously jump on a set of lines, twin lines, to go down to the incident as well. So it's, it's working with our other emergency services and, and something you may have heard, and I know Davey Connolly has mentioned it from Dublin Fire, is Jessup. So Jessup, J-E-S-I-P, is a mnemonic for Joint Emergency Services Interoperability Procedure. Say that one after a few Guinnesses. Um, <laughs> but what, what that... <laughs> What that means in um, essence is uh, any incident, the emergency services are there. So law enforcement, fire, ambulance, coast guard, search and rescue. And all the emergency services almost get their heads together and work out who's got primacy of that incident and how the other emergency services can assist the one that's leading that incident. So fire service if they wanted more rigging line set up law enforcement or search and rescue can provide that um, again if they wanted more people they wanted another stretcher attendant then again they could choose the other emergency services and something i'm keen to push and this is how i got introduced to nick crudus from intervention rescue is um, once a year i run a, a rope rescue event at a local quarry where I get the emergency services in, so that's the, the ambulance, our medical assistance, Coast Guard, fire service, and law enforcement. And we set up a series of tasks on the cliff edge where each of the teams can see the other teams operate. And again, I, I've run that for three years running now, and it, it's no surprises that most of the teams are all dealing with the same tactics, uh, maybe using slightly different equipment, but that could be down to budgets of the, the units or whatever. But predominantly, most of the, the twin line stuff over the edge is, is all fairly similar, which is good because, again, as I've said on that, that incident, on that cold, windy night when you're on the cliff edge, you know the other emergency services left and right of you because you, you've worked with them before or you've done joint training with them. And that's something I'm very keen to push within the UK is the, is the Jessup model where not one emergency services stand alone, the others assist to, to deal with that incident. Uh, the, the primary thing is the casualty or the recovery of, of whatever it is we're trying to recover down to the ground. No, that's interesting because we don't really have that in North America. And I would suggest that whoever was prime there 
on the call or, you know, whose jurisdiction it was, would end up dealing with the incident and just passing it along as they came into someone else's jurisdiction. And it would just be yeah. separate little silos occurring. Yeah, so it's, and again, all the commanders, they, there's a, a training model that comes out that they, they all get regular training on. Um, they all do regular training with each other. They know each other's capability, where the limitations uh, stop and, and where they can jump in. So there's certain things where the emergency services depended on which task, which incident would take primacy and the others would just step back. But the, the main goal is they would ask how can they assist the other ones to deal with their task. Right on. Um, in that part there, you mentioned about uh, about Nick and intervention rescue. So we might as well crack open that nut. That's kind of how we met was through the Grimp competitions and You've been with Intervention for how long now and which kind of events have since, you partaken in? Since, yeah, since 2001. So, again, Nick came along to one of the rope rescue events. Um, we chatted. We talked the same. Um, nice bloke, very knowledgeable, knows a lot, well-experienced, uh, a person to listen to when he speaks. Um, he came to the event, um, and then afterwards I received a message from him just to say, would I be interested in being um, the controller for intervention rescue to go to Grimp Namar? And that was in 2021. And I, I Googled it, never heard of Grimp before then. Um, spoke to Nick again, really privileged to go um, be part of the team. Um, remember landing in Namar, seeing all the other teams, watching a bit of social media, yourself, Roman Rescue, etc. Some of the other teams that were there, Namar Fire, etc., that I followed, and yeah, I was I was blown away. It is the the rope access rope rescue mecca. Um, everybody talking the same, talking about the equipment. Everybody's excitable. Everybody wants that thirst and that knowledge to learn. Sure, it's a competition, and yeah, there's the banter, and when. The, the event and the competition wants you to be at your sharp end, you're at your sharp end. Then once that's done, you come back in the evening, you're all sat around, everybody's friendly, the banter, there's, there's a really good atmosphere. And I was just blown away and I was really privileged to be part of that. So that was 2021 um, where we did Namar. Um, I think Nick came second on that one. So Intervention Rescue came second. So, again, really, really good um, score. Nick was really pleased with the team. Um, and then we got a chance to go to Grimp North America, which was 2022 at the beginning of the year. And, again, that was your lights of yourself were over there, and that was in Los Angeles, and that was at the, um, the battleship there. Um, so the uh, Iowa, is it? The battleship the Iowa. Iowa, I think. Yeah. yeah, so again, really good teams there. Peak, um, peak were there. Um, yourselves, us, yes, mama. So, so again, some really good teams. And we spent a, a good week over there. So we had a couple of days touring the old Hollywood sign and just moving around. And again, really, really good. I was the assessor there on that one. And it, again, really good event laid on by CMC. Um, again, Nick second on that one. Um, always the, the 
bridesmaid, never the bride, as they say. Second on that one. And again, really pleased with that. Um, then we got a chance for Back to Namar in 22. Uh, again, same old story. Second on that one. Um, peaked by um, Japan West um, on the stage. But again, still a really good atmosphere. Really good atmosphere. Um, and then last of all, Japan this year, where again, yourselves was out there. Um, and we chatted. You were an assessor for your 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 team, and I was an assessor as well. Japan was a really, really good experience. Loved it. Friendly people, um, really good, and we had some downtime there as well. And then back to the UK. So yeah, a few grints under my belt. And again, I, I if people haven't been to an event and they're just going to go and see, my voice is go and see. Chat to the people in the evening. The atmosphere is really friendly. And the, the knowledge for learning and the thirst is second to none. You'll see things over there. And as I always say in every team I, I assess, um, you, you give developmental feedback and you, you give positive feedback. But I always like to have a takeaway from a team. So if I see something new and I think, do you know what? I really like that. That was safe. That's something I haven't seen before. I then try and bring that back into either the law enforcement or any other training within search and rescue. So, yeah, I always start off with, even though I'm an assessor and I've done it for, for X amount of years, I, I'm not the font of all knowledge. We should always be learning and trying to better ourselves and better the systems that we use and the techniques. And as they say, every day is a school day. Every day should be a learning day. But I'm always, yeah, I'm always privileged to, to give advice to the teams that I see. Right on. So a couple of questions around the grip stuff. What if you had to have people train on one thing? And this is tough because, I mean, when you compete at grip, there's a lot of skill sets. But if you had to have people like one kind of technique or one item, if they were going to go to a grip and didn't know, what would it be? So I would put this on to basic rope access skills. So when I say basic rope access skills, that could be uh, be really efficient at ascending the ropes, doing a changeover, going through a re-anchor or re-belay. Because we see a, a grimp, the task is there, and is to either rescue the casualty, remove them from this location to this location. And it's, it's your rope rescue aspect. So you're building reeves, you're doing cross hauls, you're, you're, you're doing as a team. And I, I sometimes see when the challenge is basic rope access skills, sometimes we concentrate more on the, the rescue side of it and building these reeves and these wonderful crosshalls. Sometimes we take our eye off the ball with the basic rope access skills, I think. And again, that's, that's, that's the same from Grimp to the UKRO assessing as well. Fire service is really good at rescues. That's the bread and butter. They recover a casualty. They move it from one location to the other location, cross all, bring it down, horizontal, vertical. But sometimes the basic access, i.e. everybody's got to ascend in the team, usually is the one that causes them issues. No, fair enough. And uh, what was one of your biggest takeaways from those four events that you had mentioned there, two in uh, Belgium, one in Los Angeles in the States, and one in uh, Japan? 
What was the biggest takeaway you think? If there was one thing. So um, I'm, I'm going to say it's the Reeves that I see. So you 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 see many Reeves, um, English Reeve, Norwegian Reeve, um, single line Reeve with twin ASAPs. You, you, you see lots of Reeves and they all seem to evolve from the English Reeve or the Norwegian Reeve. And each team puts their own little spin on it and has their own little equipment that they bring into it. I'm always... I always like to see the Reeves and bring the Reeves away. I always like a team to be outside of the box, as I would call it. Safe, so still redundancy, still your two points. But I like to see things just out of the box and make me think, oh, oh I haven't seen that before. Is that safe? Yeah, there's your redundancy, there's your backup. Oh, I like that one. Let's see if it works. And usually it does work, or sometimes it doesn't. And then I'm like, mm, yeah, that, that one's not so good. And then the last question on Grim, because you, like me, have evaluated on a few of these. Is there a consistent concern or issue or problem that you see come up at these that, you know, whether it be safety or something along those lines that seems to have a common thread in here? So, so again, this, this, I think this stems from the law enforcement and the, the joint working with the other emergency services. So sometimes a team is really, really well gelled. They all work together. They all know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And that there's communication. But what I like to see is the, the check by the team leader that everybody understands what they're doing. You get confirmation back when a brief is given out rather than nobody asks any questions. So people know what is expected of them, of the team leader. I like to see that sometimes. So, again, I don't mean war and peace, and I don't mean a great big long paragraph, but just confirmation that you're going to build me a spider's web. This is the point here. Rigging plate's going to be here. Everything's going to go over. And sometimes if you don't get confirmation back, somebody will walk away and think, what did Clive mean? Did he mean, did he mean this anchor or that anchor? And sometimes those things are really important within GRIMP world, but also to take back to our communities that we rescue members of the public from as well, because we can only we can only better ourselves by at these events that we see and we practice. So I would say communication, um, clarification of the task back to the team leader sometimes. Right. I know that makes a ton of sense. I mean, every time you do a big debrief of a call or an incident or a call out, whether it be SAR or fire or for you with the police. I mean, comms is always on the list of problems. It never seems to ever be good. No, no, it is. Um, sometimes a picture paints a thousand words, but you also need to say a couple of words to go with the picture sometimes. Yeah, you know what you're actually looking at, um, which yeah. brings me into – picture of a thousand words uh we ran into each other in september underneath the big whirly thing off the thames there thames river in uh in london and apparently you uh help us a little bit of rescue on that as well could you talk about that at all yeah sure so um because that iconic location uh big circle 130 meters is a private enterprise it needs its own private um technical rescue team so, sure, if that, uh, that iconic site was on fire, then that's the jurisdiction of the, the London Fire Brigade, London Fire Service. 
So they, they would obviously deal with that. But because it's a private um, entity, if suddenly it breaks down or we've seen around globally, and again, people that we both know in our world that have done rescues from wheels where suddenly they mechanically break down or there's an issue there, um, that that technical team is the team that have practiced the rescues from those pods on that one. So it's the rescues that we, we look at and we practice are access to that um, location, how to then remove people from that location. And again, because of the, the nature of the height of it, rather than your 11 mil or your 10.5 mil, we go down to nine mil lines. So we're looking at nine millimeter lines just to reduce um, um, where we can store things in each of the, the pods, etc. So we're just, it's all about reducing weight, making it more efficient as a rescue team. And that's why we use nine millimeter um, lines. A um, couple just questions for you about this. And part of it, I mean, I was floored when I was talking to you over there in September. Could you just, you know, quickly, how many pods are on there and how many people per pod? Because I was really quite shocked. Like I'm thinking, you know, the Ferris wheel I grew up on as a kid. Well, yeah, there'd be like, you know, 12 people I could pull off. But I was a bit shocked with the numbers here. Yeah, so uh, there there are um, in excess of 30 pods. There's obviously not a number 13, though. Um, people don't like to get on pod number 13 for some strange reason. <laughs> so there's not 13, so it goes 12, 14. But there's uh, up to 30 pods. And each pod at a time can have 25 people in. So, again, not really good maths, law enforcement, rather than an accountant. That's a lot of people to rescue from the pods. So, again, um, key things would be communication in the pod. If somebody was having a medical episode, are they priority number one? If somebody was happy and they've been there a few hours and they're enjoying the view still and they're not hungry, then they would go right down the list of the, the priority to deal with. So medical, um, children, et cetera, um, any, anything that's going to cause an issue, then those, those pods are dealt with first. And the rescue teams start assembling and then obviously trying to retrieve them. And you mentioned the equipment, you're using the nine mil and stuff. Could you talk a little bit more about the equipment and the harnesses? Because obviously you could have from the very small to the very large in this. Yeah, so um, within the, the standard climbers harness is, is as what we discussed, either Petzl or Singing Rock or CMC. So that that's standard and the equipment is standard that's on there. Um, as to the nine mil lines, they're in all of the pods. Um, and then we can also, each pod has got a control rate descender on, so a CRD. So we can use that then to lower the person from the pod on a tension line down to the ground, pulleys, etc. different things. Um, within the pods themselves, there are the harnesses. So we can put members of the public into the harnesses, um, a little bit more comfier than the, the pets or nappy harnesses, I would call it. There's lots of new ones out now. Um, we have also a baby carrier. So there's a baby carrier. And again, that's for small children or small infants that we can put them into like a, a, a North Bay bag. Uh, obviously not zip it up, but it's got, obviously got mesh and it's rated 
again, I think that's designed by Singing Rock again. I think that one. I think it's the um, red one. And then last, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and then last of all, we got obviously uh, animal bags as well, just in case um, there is a a dog up there that that person needs, be it a guide dog or it's their um, companion or, or whatever. If there is an animal in the pod, then again, we've got that, that bag, the ability to remove them and bring them down safely to the ground as well. So the kind of the go-to is the tension line and then lowering the patients or the evacuees down the tension line to the ground. Yeah, because it brings people away from the London eye then. It brings them away from the actual wheel, the spokes, other things that could cause issues. Um, so, yeah, dotted around the location are, are hidden bolts within the ground that we can remove covers and use those for our, our rated bolts that are tested on the ground just to bring them away um, on that one. Right on. And uh, has there been any idea of what it would take to, like time-wise to evacuate a full wheel no no so that that's it's been talked about um and discussed but no we have we have no idea we haven't again not really good at mass but we haven't found like 300 volunteers to stay in the pod for a couple of hours while we perform a rescue to time ourselves um but but we've had people come in and act as the the casualty or the person um in crisis um just so that we're 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 not dealing with a roofly mannequin every time. We're dealing with somebody that's, yeah, leaving, breathing, moving their arms around, panicking, um, just to, to, to bring realism to it, really. Oh, absolutely. And it's quite a nifty project. Um, I know when I was there, I recognized quite a few of the, the climbers, the rescue climbers on there. So they've picked up quite a good crew to do that. Yeah, and again, that was one through Grim, through Nick, um, and through um, Paul, one of the other team members as well, um, that I was put onto that and went for a tryout um, with other people um, and then got offered a, a vacancy on the team. So, yeah, re really good, really. Um, yeah, drive into the centre of London every now and then, see the big city and then drive out. <laughs> <laughs> Go rappel off the stuff. And uh, I guess recently you... Uh created a company why don't you chat a little bit about that like what are you doing with it and where are you going and how can people get a hold of you on it sure yeah sure so um law enforcement 23 years i've only got 24 months until i retire um i know i look very youthful but 24 months until i retire um rope is where i'm at and uh, i'm really passionate about rope and the education side of it so it's something that I will, and my wife keeps telling me I'm definitely going to do it. That's something that I'll do after my law enforcement days. Um, so back in 21, I set up a, a company called Project Rescue, and it's a consultancy and training for working at height um, projects, rescue plans, um, training providers, bespoke courses, etc. So even though my full-time role is law enforcement, I've got this um project company just under my hat under wraps a little bit that's um will hopefully in 24 months move on and, and bring an income in um and from that I, I provide training for other freelance companies um on behalf of project rescue but deliver um under their company name 
Right on. And if folks wanted to get a hold of you in regards to that, is there somewhere they could reach out? I know we've got the Instagram and whatnot, but uh... yeah. So so Instagram, so it's a separate one from from Clive Bush Project Rescue. Um, it's also a web page. Again, Project Rescue web page would take you straight through to the link. And again, it's got all the the contact details on there. But um, yeah, very, very early stages. Just sitting on it at the moment, really, because the the job number one takes priority. Um, job number two takes a bit of a, a back step at the moment, but eventually it will become job number one, I hope. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. 24 months, not a long time, is it? No, no, no. Hopefully. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy the law enforcement side. I enjoy the, the emergency services and the, the, the banter and the tasks that we, we all arrive at. Um, and again, very keen on just the education side. I enjoy the training. I enjoy seeing the students go from um, zero to heroes, we would call it, where, where they don't know any skills to knowing the skills at the end of day five or something like that. Right on. Um, I think we've covered everything we've kind of chatted about. Is there anything I've missed? Uh, not, not from my side, not from my side. No. Um, like I said, really good to chat. Um, just talk a little bit about my world and the, the grimps and yeah, I, 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 I still get excited sadly about the grimps and it's, it's, I, I say to anybody, if you can go to an event is grimp and the Olympics, as we would refer to it, or Nick does, um, Nick Crudus, is Namar is like your, your Olympics. The others are really good to go to. So North America, Japan, South America, et cetera, um, Asia with your, your, your Choi events there. Namar is the, the Olympics, is, is the place to go. Really, really well run by Max and his team. Um, yeah, really good. Really good event, that one. Right on. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time, especially at the end of your day, I know, and to be spending another hour chatting about ropes and rescue again. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Mark, thanks for having me on. Um, and I'm sure I will see you very soon. Most likely. You stay safe, mate. You too.